Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Tax season is here, and that means that it's time to file your taxes. There's good news. If you're a W-2 employee, you can save half off your filing. All you have to do is call the Tax Defense Group before April 15th, 2020, and mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios. Millions of Americans will get money back after they file, and you can be one of them. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973. That number again is 800-850-7973. And you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you looking to make more money in 2020? One of the best ways to do that is by having a new resume that can help you get that dream job. Writer Junkie offers affordable, well-written resumes for the low cost of $145. They'll even throw in a cover letter for no additional charge. All you have to do is mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios and they'll get right to work. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. This podcast, as always, brought to you by UCAS Studios, the Tax Defense Group, and RiderJunkie.com. Man, I am recording this shortly after the Lakers just uh, won a uh, quote-unquote road game against the LA Clippers. Just an absolute statement the Lakers have made over the last two days, and I'm going to talk about that on this podcast. But as always, guys, before I get started, be sure to like this video if you are listening uh, on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you wherever you listen to them. Uh, be sure to do that. You can follow Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders, and you can like us on Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at Gary Kester. That is G-A-R-Y-K-E-S-T-E-R. Let's talk about these two wins for the Lakers. Uh, man, the, the, the narrative with the Lakers coming into this weekend, I'm recording this, uh, like I said, Sunday, uh, about Sunday evening, uh, shortly after the Lakers just beat the Clippers, and I'll talk about the Clipper game here in a minute. Uh, let's talk about this Bucks game first, because coming into this weekend, the narrative was all oh, of the Lakers, you know, earlier in the year, it was the Lakers can't beat good teams, right? They were beating up on some bad teams and really stacking up the wins, which made their record look nice. And, you know, then they lost to, I remember they lost to Dallas at home right away. Um, after all that talk and everybody said, Oh, yep. See, they can't beat good teams. And they started beating good teams. And then the narrative became, Oh, they can't beat the elite teams. They can't beat the Bucks and the Clippers because uh, we've seen them beat the Nuggets two times. We've seen them beat the Rockets. Uh, you know, we've seen them beat the the other uh, elite teams or really good teams, I guess. Um, but we had not seen them beat the Clippers or the Bucks. They were 0-3, uh, 0-2 against the Clippers, 0-1 against the Bucks. Which I tried to contextualize the first Bucks loss because, I mean. That was at the end of a long five-game road trip, the very last game of that road trip. 
you know, and it happens. You're like, you're not going to deal with that in the playoffs. Like if they meet in the finals, they both might be worn down a little bit from, uh, from just a long playoff journey to get to the finals. Uh, but it's not at the end of a five game road trip where you haven't slept in your own bed for, you know, two weeks or whatever. So didn't really look into that nearly as much. Um, And the the Duke Clippers losses, I mean, one was literally the first game of the year, so I took that with a grain of salt. And then the other one was the Christmas Day game, which was very frustrating because I thought the Lakers uh, gave that one away. Uh, If you listen to the last episode uh, where I talked about Deion Waiters signing, um, one of the questions that I answered was was kind of about the Clippers and and my confidence level with the Lakers beating them. And I was still still very confident, and today showed why. Today showed why. But uh, just going into this weekend – to, to hear all that talk that the you know the Lakers can't beat the Bucks or the Clippers and those are the two teams they're gonna have to beat if they want to win a championship, and people really acted like a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis could not beat the Bucks or the Clippers. No disrespect to the Bucks or the Clippers; they're both very very good basketball teams. They're I mean contenders very well could either one could very well be uh, NBA champions at the end of this year. They're both that good, but to act like the Lakers were just not capable of beating either of those teams was based on basically two games. I mean, the first the first game of the season against the Clippers is what it is. I mean, it was literally the first game that the Lakers have played together with a ton of roster turnover, new coach and everything, so didn't really think much of it. The Christmas Day game was frustrating, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. The Lakers missed a bunch of wide-open shots in the fourth quarter and and kind of gave that gave that one away. Uh, but this Bucks game, I mean – what can you say about LeBron James? There was the the little clip of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I love, by the way, uh, kind of putting the crown on his head when they were beating the Lakers uh, in the first matchup this year, kind of like taking the taking the torch or taking the throne from LeBron or whatever. It just seems like no matter how old LeBron gets, he's 35 years old, what is it, 17, 18 years in the league now, and uh, 17 years. Uh, <laughs> it seems like every time somebody's ready to take that that torch from him as the best player in the world, he just shows you why you still have to really argue that he is the best player in the world. Uh, Giannis is unbelievable and very well could win MVP this year, but LeBron's making a pretty strong case, especially with these last two wins. Um, and, man... Just a statement game. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo still had great game. He had 32 points, 11 boards, 6 assists. Uh, it was just drastically different. In the first game, Giannis Antetokounmpo was 5 of 8 from the three-point line. This one, he was 1 of 6. That's that's a big deal. And the Bucks overall were 12 of 43. So, Lakers did a much better job defensively in this game. Uh, slow start offensively. I mean, only 19 points in the first quarter. Um, but they really figured it out, especially in the third quarter. They scored 39 points. LeBron, like I said, was just unbelievable. Just unbelievable in this game. I mean, to me, that was like playoff LeBron. That's the playoff LeBron that I think we're going to see this year, uh, assuming that he's healthy, because just took his game to another level, and it was just like he wanted to make a statement. And he was tired of hearing the talk that uh, the Lakers couldn't beat these teams, couldn't beat you know the Bucks and the Clippers and, and, and all that noise. Uh, LeBron, 37 points, 8 assists, 8 boards, 3 steals. Unbelievable defensively. Uh, you know There were a number of times he got matched up on Giannis, and he really took the challenge head on and really made Giannis work for a lot of things. And LeBron didn't – I mean, the Lakers the, – the scary thing, I think, 
with these two games, especially the Bucks game, was the Lakers won by 10 points against a team with the best record in the league, and they shot 6 of 32 from the three-point line. LeBron was 1 of 7. Uh, Kuzma was 1 of 6. I mean, Davis was 0 of 4. Like, they just shot poorly from the three-point line and still were able to, to dig deep, uh, tie game at the half, and they just they, – they control – I mean, they were – the much better team in the second half and just a really, really impressive game for the Lakers, uh, especially LeBron. Like I said, he was, he, to me, he showed like, you can certainly still argue that he's the best player in the world uh, with that performance. Anthony Davis really struggled early in the game, uh, was getting a lot of criticism and it sounds like his teammates kind of, you know, let him hear it. And, you know, he responded. And I love that that he took the criticism from his teammates and woke him up and he responded. He finished with 30 points, nine, uh, nine rebounds, a couple of blocks. Uh, got to the free throw line 11 times, hit 10. LeBron was 12 of 15. Um, yeah, it's just those two were, were just dominant, and the Lakers are just kind of getting uh, contributions where, where they're needed right now. Um, in this game, I mean, only three players were in double figures. Kyle Kuzma had 11 points. Um, he was the, the third guy in double figures, obviously, outside of LeBron and, and AD. Uh, and he was 3 of 11, so didn't shoot the ball very well. Although I think Kuzma's doing, really since the All-Star break, I think Kuzma, as frustrating as he can be, missing a lot of these open threes, uh, he is doing a much better job defensively and on the glass. He had eight boards in this game, and he, he, boarded, he defensively on the glass was phenomenal against the Clippers as well, even though he didn't still didn't shoot the ball overly well. Um, but man, when LeBron and AD bring their A game, I just, man, I don't know. I don't know if a team can beat the Lakers if LeBron and AD play their best. That's my thing. I mean, they have to really shut down everybody else. But in this game against the Bucks, I mean, they kind of did. I mean, JaVale McGee, 2 of 5, 5 points. Avery Bradley, 0 of 5, 2 points. Danny Green, 2 of 6, 6 points. Uh, Markeith Morris hit 2 of his 3 shots, but only played 9 minutes, 5 points. Rondo, five points, two of six shooting. KCP, four points. Alex Caruso, eight points, three of five shooting. So, like, the Lakers didn't get major scoring contributions from any third individual. It was LeBron and AD just going off and, you know, getting little contributions here and there from, from everybody else. And this weekend, the Lakers' defense has been championship level. And if this team defends this way in April, May, and June, they'll be hoisting up the Larry O'Brien Trophy uh, when it's all said and done. If they play defense this way, I just don't think a team can beat them four out of seven times. To me, it's all about the defensive end because I think LeBron and AD individually are too talented, but collectively, um, as you know, as a duo and as a pairing, just they're just too tough to stop. Too tough to stop when they when they play the way that they're capable of playing, and uh, you know. I don't know. I, I was just blown away with what the Lakers did, not only in the Bucks game, but just overall this weekend. But the Bucks game, man, that's that, that was a matchup I just thought was going to be a really, really tough matchup for them. Uh, so I was really curious to see how they responded, and they just did a good job, man. Like I said, Giannis got his. He had 32 points, but the Lakers really made him work, I thought. And they just kind of limited all the other guys. DiVincenzo had a good game with 17 points. Uh, but Chris Middleton, you held him to, fi- to 5 of 19, 2 of 10 from 3. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Uh, Lopez had 13. Eric Bledsoe had 11. And uh, everybody else was in single figure, uh, single digits. 
The Bucks shot 41.6% from the field. And like I said, 27% uh, from the three-point line. That's getting it done. That's getting it done. And if the Lakers play that way defensively, they are going to be insanely, insanely difficult to beat. And uh, I love it. I love seeing them lock down teams because I think for, for the Lakers, they're a type of team that defensively, when they start to string together stops, I think it really gets their offensive game going, especially when you get those leak outs, you know, those runouts where LeBron's throwing full court passes right on target to guys, uh, whether it's JaVale, Anthony Davis, Kuzma, whoever. Uh, LeBron is so good at that, and I think when the Lakers are able to get stops, they can get out and run and get those transition buckets, and it just makes makes the flow of things much much easier for them, and makes uh, getting some some good looks on on offense a lot easier as well. So, uh, Bucks game in was so so impressive by the Lakers. Uh, so proud of them for for really responding to that challenge and avenging a loss, avenging a loss where they got they got beat pretty good uh, in that game in Milwaukee. And they kind of returned the favor in this one and looked really, really good. And LeBron was just sensational. Absolutely sensational. If you're a Laker fan that has still has not embraced LeBron James, I just don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, he's playing at an unbelievably high level right now. And I just don't... It's, it's almost mind-blowing to me how somebody that's been in the league as, as long as he has, the mileage that is on his body... The age that he's at, and LeBron James is still playing at this high of a level. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And the Lakers are just blessed. Blessed to have LeBron James. And, and you know, we're, we're going to look back, I think, at some point. I mean, maybe even now. But hopefully after a couple of, uh, a couple of championships, we're going to look back on the day that LeBron signed with the Lakers as uh, just truly, truly a special, special moment in the, this franchise's history. So, um, yeah, yeah, just unbelievable. All right, I'm going to move on to the Clipper game, which just happened a little more fresh in my mind. So uh, I'm going to go over that. But before I do that, we are going to take a quick break and give you guys a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Tax season is here, and that means that it's time to file your taxes. There's good news. If you're a W-2 employee, you can save half off your filing. All you have to do is call the Tax Defense Group before April 15th, 2020, and mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios. Millions of Americans will get money back after they file, and you can be one of them. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973. That number again is 800 800- 8507973 and you can visit them online at the taxdefensegroup.com Today's episode is brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you looking to make more money in 2020? One of the best ways to do that is by having a new resume that can help you get that dream job. Writer Junkie offers affordable, well-written resumes for the low cost of $145. They'll even throw in a cover letter for no additional charge. All you have to do is mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios and they'll get right to work. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. All right, let's talk about this Clipper game. Man, what a it was pretty uh it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions, you know. The the game, I think both teams started out a little sluggish, which was understandable. It was a 12.30 Pacific uh, tip time, plus you have the time change with daylight savings. The clock's moving ahead an hour, so you lose an hour of sleep. Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, I knew it was probably going to be a little funky to start there, and it kind of was. Teams, were, Both teams, I thought, were a little sluggish to start, which is understandable, but both uh, really kind of got in the flow of things, and we started to see some high-level basketball. It was kind of teams exchanging runs, going back and forth. Uh, Lakers, I think when they, they started to get down early, they really kind of got back into the game uh, with a couple of steals, a couple of uh, steals that led to layups, led to runouts. Uh, one of them, Avery Bradley got teed up for, which I have a, I have a big issue with how some of the, I mean, I had an issue with how some of this game was officiated in general, but the technical fouls, because Avery Bradley gets a layup over, uh, Patrick Beverly. And I didn't even look like he said anything. He just kind of gave him a look like, you know, just kind of giving it back to Beverly a little bit, who loves to, to, to talk trash. Uh, and he got teed up for it. And this was minutes minutes after after uh, Marcus Morris fouls Anthony Davis and knocks him to the ground and then stands over him and stares down at him and kind of flexes on him a little bit. That was no technical foul, though. I, I don't understand NBA officials sometimes. Uh, that really just irritated me, how you can have such a quick trigger on the Avery Bradley technical. Avery Bradley hardly ever says anything. I don't even know if he said anything on this, but, like, they were so quick to give that to you, but when Marcus Morris stands over a player and taunts him when he just fouled him, no, no less, uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, and there were some stretches in this game. I thought the uh, whistles were a little uh, a little inconsistent, but it is what it is. And, you know, Lakers actually, I, th- I felt like it kind of flipped a little bit in the fourth quarter, which was nice. Uh, Lakers were in the bonus with 10 25 uh, to go in the fourth quarter, but the Clippers still shot nine more free throws. I mean, 28 of 37 for the Clippers, 24 of 28 from the Lakers. But um, yeah, the Lakers, you know, kind of fought through, I think, some frustrations, uh, especially in the, uh, in the second and third quarter. With uh, some of the some of the whistles, uh, there, I think there was a stretch where the Lakers got like three or four fouls in the span of a minute. So, um, but they they didn't let it you know frustrate them. We've seen that at times. I think this year where the the officiating has frustrated them and kind of kind of gotten them out of their games didn't happen this time. They were able to to stay locked in and, and just keep uh, defending at a high level. Just keep defending at a high level. I mean, the I know you know the point total in the in the. Second half, I mean, the Clippers scored 50 points, 28 in the third. But the Lakers, it doesn't really tell the story. Um, Especially in today's NBA, I mean, giving up 103 points as as fast as teams play is not a big deal. Like, traditionally, you look at, oh, wow, 103 points, that's not great defense. Uh, But, man, the Lakers played exceptional defense, I mean, today in general, but especially in the second half and the fourth quarter. Uh, Held the Clippers to 22 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Paul George, who had been lighting the Lakers up, I think was 0 of 2 in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers just completely shut him down. Uh, he finished with 31 for the game. He was really, really good. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had 27, and Montrez Hill was was kind of a problem. He had 20 points. Uh, but the Lakers, man, I think the difference in the first two matchups and and this one with Harrell, even though I thought Harrell had a pretty good game, he played 34 minutes, and he played a long stretch in the second half. Uh, but having a guy like Markeith Morris really, really helps against a guy like Montrez Harrell because Markeith is going to welcome that contact. He's going to give it back. He's a physical, tough player, and I'm so glad he's a Laker. I'm so glad he's a Laker, and he was free. 
Like the Lakers didn't have to really give anything up to get him, uh, which is which is just great. Which is was so great because he was better to me than than Marcus Morris was today, and you know, or he was he was at least more impactful. Even you know when you look at the score, uh, the box score. I mean, four points. You look at four points, five rebounds, and a block shot. You don't think of that as major contributions, but man, just his toughness, his you know, his presence on the floor gives the Lakers a lot of lineup versatility. Uh, I think the, to start the fourth quarter, Lakers actually went with LeBron and Markeith Morris at the four and the five. Um, with I think Kuz was out there as well, so that gives the Lakers some options in terms of switchability, um, you know, just flexibility defensively and offensively because those guys can can all at least. Um, give you the, the threat of a three-point shooter. Um, even though I don't really trust Kyle Kuzma right now as a three-point shooter. Uh, but I love the the lineup flexibility that Markeith Morris helps give the Lakers. And it allows Kuzma to play on the wing, which is more natural to him. And, and yeah, I thought he was he was really good. I mean, Marcus Morris today, all of nine from the field. So one point. He had one point, and LeBron roasted him in the fourth quarter. Man, it was so beautiful to watch. LeBron just went right at that guy. And just, I mean, kept getting to the rim at will in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I think, you know, obviously Anthony Davis and LeBron were, were fantastic again. 28 points, 9 assists, 7 boards, and 2 blocks from LeBron. Continues to play pretty high-level defense. Anthony Davis, 30 points, 8 boards, uh, 2 blocks, or excuse me, 2 steals, 1 block. Uh, again, those two were great. But really the... The surprising hero today was Avery Bradley. My goodness, he was fantastic on both ends of the floor. Uh, really hounding guys defensively like he does, really getting after it. 24 points, 9 of 17 shooting. He hit 6 of his 12 threes. Uh, two steals was just, he was so good in this game. You know, had some moments where he forced up some bad shots. I felt like uh, at least one of those was kind of a heat check, which is fine because he was shooting the ball very well from the three-point line. And he was the X factor today. He was absolutely the X factor today. Uh, Kuzma did a really good job. He had two blocks and a steal, ten boards, uh, even though he missed all four of his threes. Uh, like I mentioned with the Bucks game, Lakers beat the Bucks by double digits and didn't shoot. I mean, they shot like crap from the three point line, and that was the case in this game. They were ten of thirty five from the three point line, twenty eight point six percent. Really, the only guy that shot well from the three point line was Avery Bradley. So, yeah, I, I'm just blown away by what the Lakers were able to do, not only today, but also the Bucks game this weekend was just such a powerful statement that this team can absolutely win a championship. They can beat whoever is in front of them. It's just a matter of the, the level of execution, uh, you know, how hard to play, all that stuff. Uh, you know, they're certainly, certainly capable, and I think they erased all doubt about that. By finally, you know, getting wins over the Clippers and the Bucks, there's there's just no questioning it now. This team absolutely can beat whoever is in front of them. Uh, not saying that they're guaranteed to do it, but they absolutely are capable of of beating anybody, anytime, anywhere. So, um, just so impressed uh, again, Avery Bradley today, man. I, I, I'm. It's got to feel good for him. Got to feel good for him because a lot of Clipper fans talk a lot of crap about him and about his play last year and almost kind of go out of their way to highlight when he plays poorly. Uh, so he you know, he gave it back to him today, and, and I love to see that. He was fantastic, uh, really, really good. And, and some of these other guys. Rondo, I'll, I'll give some credit. 
I thought in the first half he was awful. He was absolutely awful in the first half, and I didn't want him to see the floor uh, again in, in, in the game. But in the second half, I thought he actually had some good minutes. Uh, he ended up with seven assists. He started to uh, find some guys. Uh, he found Bradley on two threes. I remember he found KCP on a three as well. Um, you know, hit a couple of layups, a couple of shots around the basket. So uh, Rondo played much better in the second half, so I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, he had 22 minutes today. I still would not like to see that as a trend moving forward, but um, but it is what it is. I mean, he uh, you know he did some good things today. Dwight Howard only played seven minutes. This was interesting. I thought Frank Vogel, even though there was some room for improvement, I thought did a good job today um, really limiting the two big lineups for the Lakers, uh, which kind of allowed them to be a little more flexible. Uh, flexible. Uh, Markeith Morris had 16 minutes. Kyle Kuzma had 22 minutes, um, and that just allowed the Lakers to do a lot of different things uh, defensively and offensively and really match up a little better with the Clippers. The Clippers are a team that I think the Lakers are going to need to have AD at the five a little more. Um, and when they don't, I think you've got to have – well, and you know there's going to be certain lineup combinations that you can do this anyway, but I really like having Anthony Davis on Kawhi Leonard. I, I, I just really do. I, you know, Kawhi is probably still going to get his, but just that's just such a tough matchup with with Davis's uh, mobility, his length, his you know his defensive prowess, just everything. Uh, he just makes things very very difficult. So um, this was encouraging. I was like I said on the on the last episode, uh, I was very I was still very confident the Lakers could beat the Clippers. Um, and I think the narrative would be very, very different about this matchup if the Lakers didn't just give away the Christmas game. They'd be two and one against this team with the one, you know, the one win being on opening night. Uh, so, you know, Laker fans should feel a lot more confident about this matchup, assuming they meet in the Western Conference Finals because I think they will. Uh, yeah, you got to feel confident. You got to feel confident about this team in general uh, after. The, the last two games that they've had beating the Bucks and the Clippers while really not playing, I think, their best basketball. Like I said, the three-point shooting can get a, a whole lot better. 44.8% um, overall from the field. You know, I, I thought the Lakers were a little clunky at times on offense in this game, but still ended up with 112 points and scored 63 in the second half against you know a, a fully healthy Clipper team who – Everybody has been telling us that a fully healthy Clipper team can't be beat because they were eight and zero or ten and zero or whatever the hell it was. Um, you know, there's just there's nothing else you can say. I think about this Laker team. Really, we're just gonna have to wait and see in the playoffs now. Like, the, there's no more narratives. This team has has shut up all the narratives. First, it was they couldn't beat good teams. Then it was they couldn't beat the elite teams. What else can you say now? I mean, what else can you say now? They're you know. Right now, there's seven games up on the Clippers in the loss column with 20 games to play. And if you guys look at the Lakers last month of their schedule, I would be absolutely stunned if the Lakers don't hold on to the one seed. The next, uh, let's say four of the next five are tough. They get the Nets at home. They should win that game. Um, and then they get the Rockets at home, Nuggets at home. And then a home and home with Utah. They go to Utah and then get Utah at home. After that, I mean, I know it's a long road trip, but it's Charlotte, Detroit, Toronto could be tough, but Cleveland, Washington, 
Minnesota. And then they come home for really, I mean, they don't leave the state of California for, I mean, two weeks. Indiana at home, at Sacramento, OKC, Golden State, Chicago, the Clippers, Minnesota, and the Kings all at home. So, and then they finish at Phoenix. I think a lot of those April games aren't going to matter because I think the Lakers are going to clinch with, if I had to guess, maybe seven, eight games left. And so they can start to rest guys and really uh, focus on just getting healthy for the playoffs. Maybe they go after the number one uh, seed overall or number one, excuse me, home court advantage uh, over the Bucks because Milwaukee – as I'm recording this, is down seven in the fourth quarter of Phoenix. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo might be out about a week or so. Uh, so if they lose today, they would only be two games up on the Lakers in the loss column. So it's within striking distance, uh, especially if Giannis Antetokounmpo has to has to miss time. So, um, yeah, I mean, incredibly encouraging weekend. I'm fired up uh, about the Lakers getting these two wins. Laker fan, I mean, all Laker fans should be. And, uh, yeah, it's looking like they're pretty much a lock to get that one seed in the Western Conference. And uh, it's just going to be a matter of how the uh, the other seeds shake out. So that'll be really, really interesting to see. But, man, this team showed championship character and championship toughness and just a championship level of, of play, uh, especially in these last two games. And just beautiful to watch. Just absolutely beautiful to watch. So uh, let me know what you guys thought about these these last two games. I know you guys got to be as fired up as I am. So uh, let me hear it. Drop it in the comments on YouTube. Uh, you can leave it in iTunes or Apple Podcast Review. Uh, all that stuff. Let me hear it. You can tweet at me at Gary Kester. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, guys, be sure to like this video and subscribe to UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And then you can follow Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders and like us on Facebook and follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my Sunday. And uh, I'm still buzzing off of of that win, off the last two wins. Uh, Beating a Clipper team that was mowing through the competition, man. Like like I said, there's just nothing else you can say. They had blowout wins against four teams that would be in the playoffs if, if they started today uh clippers were playing at an extremely high level and the lakers played you know on the clippers home court uh and just dominated the second half dominated the second half so impressive so impressive and i'm just proud as hell of this team man um, i'm ready to finish these last 20 games strong get into the playoffs and and let's do some damage so Alrighty, I'm getting out of here. Appreciate you guys listening. I always appreciate the support. Uh, Go Lakers. And uh, until next time, this is Gary Kester with the Lakers Outsiders signing off.